This is the Al York Sports Show. So much to do in so little time. What's up? What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Al York Sports Show each and every Sunday. Uh, we here to give y'all nothing but the raw truth. That's what we do. And uh, before we get started today, let me introduce the panel. To my far right, I got Tony Brown, a.k.a. the Black Shark. Yeah, yeah. See, let me get some, man. You haven't been here in so long, I almost forgot your a.k.a., man. It's been a minute. It's a pleasure. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And to my right, right here, y'all already know who it is, Noah Parker, a.k.a. the Secret Weapon. And uh, we ready to talk to y'all, man. Fellas, y'all ready, man? Let's do it. Yo. But before I do anything, let me, re uh, let me salute. Uh, Zeno.fm slash CWN Sports. Make sure y'all tune into that. Yo, we gonna get right into it, man. Mikey Garcia, Enro Spence Jr., a.k.a. The Truth. Big fight yesterday. I'm gonna just start off with you, man. Let's just, say what's on your mind, blood. The fight was, I mean, pretty much how we called it. Uh, I mean, Justin talked about it last week. Right. And uh, it, it, he did what he was supposed to do. He took care of business, being the bigger fighter, just come right at him. And, uh, you know, it, it, Garcia took a risk taking this fight. We talked about it. Win-win for Garcia. Even if he loses, it's like, oh, you know, you took a chance. He wasn't supposed to win this fight anyway. And, you know, if, if he wins, obviously it's a huge win, 40-0 and all that. But, but hold on. When you say not supposed to win the fight... Not supposed to win the fight. Just look, look, just look at just look at him when they when they doing the weigh in. Just look at him. At, at no, I know what you mean, but at the end of the day, he's a bigger fight. Mikey Garcia is a champion. He bro. is, but it, I mean, it's a conflict you know, going only, in the fight. The only thing I thought about that it could it was kind of like when Pacquiao was coming up in weight. Everyone thought, oh, Pacquiao's not going to be De La Hoya, and then he did. Oh man, Pacquiao's moving up in weight again to fight. It, 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 but it kind of compared to that a little bit, you know, moving up weight. He's trying to you know make moves and stuff. But at the end of the day, Spencer's just too talented. And uh, he just did what he was supposed to do, and uh, I mean, dominated the fight all the way. And I can't, you know, people could say you had him win in every round. I had him win. I think the second round was close, but every other round it was wasn't even close. But uh, you know, it wasn't even just the weight class, the weight jump. You could also say you see how boxed, outclassed in every other aspect. Wow, total domination. You no, know, he should have threw the towel in eight. Not in my, in my opinion. You gotta throw the towel in the ninth, tenth round to save your fighter. But I understand the pride, and you know, <coughs> I didn't think he was gonna glass the whole fight. I, I, Man, you on Mikey's corner. You throw that towel in, you get knocked out. Uh, yeah, I'm telling you right now, Mikey ain't having that. I, I, I feel you, but at the same time, you gotta look at your fighters. You gotta have a future. You know, you gotta keep going because he could have kept getting pummeled. Right. The next thing you know, you 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 like Kel Brook. You like you know, now you really messed up. So I, in in that one aspect, I see why you don't do it. In one aspect, I see why you do. Business decision wise. I mean, you keep your pride and your ego by not throwing the towel in. But I mean, it was it was that, it was that bad of a fight. Just to say, that's how bad it was. I was looking at where. What you had twelve? You had twelve zero or you had eleven one? Yeah, twelve eleven one. Either one. Either way, it's just the fight was eighth round. Like you already knew. Like everyone that says, "Oh man, he got he don't have to knock him out to come back." No, you don't even thinking about that. Well, let me tell you something to relate to what you're saying. I had over nine and a half rounds, which everybody knows you got to get to the mid-tenth round. Right. And that eighth, ninth round, I was like, Sweat. I kept getting up like, <laughs> Mikey, stay up, Mikey. <laughs> That's how bad it was, though. I mean, yeah, it was, yeah, it was, yeah. You know, not as uh, as good as people thought it was going to be back and forth, and, you know, thinking, who, you know, is this going to win? He's going to win? No, nah, right. everybody knew it was over. 
Yeah, and it's easy for us to say Mikey should have been throwing a lot of more right punches because I was on Facebook. Everybody kept saying that. Yeah, but Man, it's easy for us to say that. <laughs> but Errol couch. Spence had a way. He couldn't even get nothing off. Yeah. T. Brown talked to him. Uh, I think it was a win-win for everybody, the fans, Mikey and Earl. Um, it's the thing about just staying in your lane. Floyd knows he's one of the greatest boxers ever, but he'll never challenge Deontay Wilder. Mikey is a champion. Like you said, 39-0, but you're just too little. You moved up two weight classes, and like Earl Spence said, it's the reason why there's weight classes. But at the end of the day, great tune-up for Spence. Uh, Mikey showed hella hard. He, you know what I mean? He came and got his money, got his bag. He left healthy and safe, and the fans got a good fight last night. It was pretty cool. Okay, so before I cross-examine more about the fight, let me give my little input. I just felt like I said it in a previous video where Mikey was too small. The guy's got a terrific heart, a great heart, a great team. What I just don't understand is who influenced Mikey beside himself to take on a fight that's dangerous you know, when he's 39 and 0, man. I wouldn't say it was dangerous. As far as just dangerous, as far as like you can lose, you can take the L, but it's not like he was going up against a knockout artist or somebody that's going to clock his lights out. Like, no, no, I meant dangerous. Just, you know, I meant dangerous. Win, just lose. I meant dangerous as far as taking away his undefeated record. It wasn't dangerous. Like uh, Noah mentioned earlier, it was a win win for him. If he beats Earl Spence, that puts him on the map. It two weight classes up. And then if he loses, everybody expected him to lose. So it really wasn't no, he didn't take, you know. Nothing on his career, really. I don't know if Mikey went in there expecting to lose. You know what I'm saying? He didn't. I'm just talking about what the fans thought. By him losing, right. nobody's like, oh, Garcia's a bum now or whatever. We expected him to lose, so cool. And if you would have won, it would have been great for you. So now it didn't hurt him. All he right, right. Yeah. I mean, like I said, uh, too big, too strong, too skillful. Uh, I felt Mikey should not take this fight. He could have got a lot of more money elsewhere. But he did. I give him respect because he showed a lot of courage. But it's not about courage all the time. You know what I'm saying? He had a 39 and no record. He could have easily, I think he could have easily tied Mayweather at 50 and all if he would have chose his fights wisely like Mayweather. But that's the difference between Mayweather and Mikey, which I'm more of a Mikey guy. Right. I'm the type of guy, I'm going to fight who wants to fight and where the fight is at. Right, right, right. Floyd's more like the business type. Now, that, that, that doesn't make sense for me. Period. And if Mikey thought like that, I think he could have reached 50 and no. That's just my opinion. He should have went the Julio Cesar Chavez route. Just fight tomato can of tomato (laughs) can to go under no. Right, exactly. That's not real. I mean, Chavez fought a few cats. I mean, mean, he barely beat Meldrick. Right. Two seconds left in the fight, he knocked him out. Sweet Pea beat him, and they gave him a draw. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, oh, it's crazy. But not to leave this situation, what do you think now? Who 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 you like to see Errol Spence fight now? Now, period, point blank, I want to see him fight Terrence T. Bud Crawford. Uh, Just right to him. Straight to it. Only gonna play around with it. I mean, those are the two best in the division. It reminds me of a modern day Hagler Hearns. You got finesse and style with uh, Spence, and then you got that straight raw power with your boy T. Bud, and I think T. Bud gets him. Okay. Straight up. That's what everybody wants to see. That fight. I've been waiting for that fight, you know, for a while now. But you, you don't I think it's happens. too soon no, right now? I think because I think it could generate more money. If he money. destroys Khan, people are gonna remember the Car- Garcia fight. Gonna remember this one because it's kind of close. It's only a month uh, proximity. Right. So then it kind of makes sense that way. But I mean, if they waited more and more, it could get drugged, you know, dragged out more. And it's like, all right, are these guys gonna fight? And then you could have a situation. How about December this year. That would be nice. Hey, that would That'd be perfect. You don't right? want to drag it out Super too long good. to where they start, you know, now they have one, somebody has an L now or, or 
or they didn't pass their primes. You want to see when they had the Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So, One I, more fight con, right. and then and market right the shit it. out of it all the way to December. And, and they could pull about 100 M's each. Nah. I, I, I see deep. it. That's deep. I yeah. see it, man. You know why? Because I know they're, they're not Mayweather type as far as right. doing how to market their stuff. But everybody know this is the fight. They know that's the fight, but like I said, the 100 M's, people pay to see Floyd either win or lose. He's right. the draw. That's why his are so big. I don't think it'll be that big of a fight, but I think they can get some nice money. At least 50 M's. Yeah, 50 M's. Okay, let talk. me be more, let me be more realistic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so that was it, man. Good try, Mikey. Uh, wish you wouldn't take this fight, but you did. You show heart. Salute to Errol Spence. He's the truth, man, and he's got that name for a reason. I'm not even going to call Paul Pierce the truth no more. <laughs> right. Earl Spence Jr. is the truth. Now, we're going to jump in. There was a big UFC uh, fight yesterday. Darren Till, a.k.a. the Gorilla, versus Jose Massivadal. If I said it wrong, don't even worry about it. A.k.a. the Game Bread. And uh, the Game Bread put it on them, man. Yo, talk to them. Know what I mean? You actually seen the fight. Talk to them, man. He came right out, right at the opening bell, too, and right at him. On oh, some savage predator yeah, shit, right? He knew he was the underdog, and he wanted to... Make sure everybody out there that's watching is not going to make me the underdog again like this. Oh, it's one of those. It, it, chip on the shoulder type. Chip on the shoulder type. Disrespect. This, it ain't happening like that. Came out, busted his head wide open. You know, just you saw how he even hit the canvas. It was like, you don't even need to hit that. You don't have to go around and keep on hitting him. He's, he's out. Dog, I'm going to use something you used last week. Before, I, I, I got to see when the bell rang. Mm -hmm. And it's like... Game bread took his heart right off the bat. That's what it looked like. And you mentioned that on the fight last week. It was something with Whitley, I think it was. Right. Something similar to that. Mm -hmm. And that's what they, That made all the difference, I felt, bro. Because you're taking, you taking the momentum right out. Like, this is my fight to win. Yeah. <clears throat> and when you're the underdog, sometimes you got to do that. You see that a lot in, in football when they come right down the field and it's like, yo, we're we trying to, we're not going to just get. Taking right to school right right off the bat. We know what I'm Yeah, he set the tone right out the gate. That's, and that's exactly The tone was set right out the you gate. You see, he was already backpedaling until after that. It was like, all right, I'm going to have to really fight. And he didn't yeah. know where, where to go from there. And, like, I mean, it looked like Till had a moment there. It looked like he had a mm -hmm. little moment. But that was, I mean, rank number three to compare to rank number 11, you should have had a few moments. Okay. Yeah. More you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, to me, to be honest with you, it just seems like this is the WWF if it was real. Like, if the WWF was real, this is what it would be. I mean, with the dude jumping out of the ring after Conor McGregor, uh, the altercation after the fights last night at the press conference, and then how Teal's getting smashed up. It's like WWF-style drama, but with real fighting. And shit, it was a good fight. Teal got smashed. That's what's right, keeping right. UFC going, I think. Mm -hmm. All the drama. What up? But something else happened. Oh, after the fight, yeah. yeah, the, yeah Let the, the viewers know what happened. You saw it, right? Yeah, yeah, it was a press conference, and dude tried to come back there talking smack, and dude just straight left his press conference. Like, when you say gotta, dude, give, give us individuals, because people uh, watching don't know I, who it is. I can't pronounce his name, and I didn't want to butcher it either. Uh, butcher it, because I've been butchering USC names the all the whole every said. show. What's his name? Massive, Massive Val. Yeah, after that press conference, he came back there talking smack. He left the press conference and went over there and put some more hands on him. So. No, but he... He he flipped on a, a different Leon fight. Edwards. Yeah. Leon Edwards. It was Cleon Edwards? Leon. Leon Edwards? Yeah. Yeah, because it wasn't. It no, wasn't. no, not Teal again. Yeah. The dude who came back there talking shit to his press conference. Like, dude, nobody disrespects me. That's what I'm saying. It's like WWF now. Oh, so he hear what he said. What he, what he said was. Oh, he was leaking and all that. Right he, his eyes so what he said was when he was doing the interview, Leon walked by and said, He said some slick shit. He said, like, this ain't going to happen in December. And he said, so he, so he answered him. He said, maybe, maybe not. 
And then he said, say it to my face, and just got up and left right. the office. And, just, and, and, blah, blah. and uh, what he said after, the, you know, they talked about it after, he said, I went up there with my hands behind my back. I wasn't coming to fight him. All I asked, all I asked him to do was say it to my face. And then uh, he came at him like this, like, so then he's so like, Leon oh. came like Leon, that. Leon came in on my like Okay. So he took his hands like, all right, then, and gave him, you know, one, right. two, three, and that was right, it. Right, right. And it was kind of, you know, doing that to, uh, in a press conference, right. it's kind of WWF-ish, WWE-ish. Yo, didn't, didn't we experience something that, uh, with the fight, what's the homeboy? And the big name guy that fought, uh, uh um, Floyd Mayweather, man. Conor McGregor. Conor. Yeah, with the yeah. other, what was the other chest name again? That beat him. Nurga Memenov? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you keep giving us these Russian names. I keep saying that dude, but what's that? That's not pushing right, the names right, on right. y'all, but I, I can't say them. I got carried away here. Yeah, but yo, what, what I'm saying is, it's starting to look like something that Dana White, like, you know, all this is like kind of premeditated. But it's real, though. No, it's real, right. but it's like he's planning it, exactly. but with some real hellmakers. This is what I'm saying. It's WWE-style action for real-ass fighting, not the scripted fighting. Oh, so wow. Cool. Wow. Oh, man. So what are you thinking? Of when they they going to fight in December? Maybe. After that, if they did they fight, might, who you got? Blow, they might have blown it all. I don't, it, it's hard to say this is far, far in advance, but maybe Edwards got Gun to your head. Clean. Gun to your head. Gun to my head. Give me the... Mardas of it all, whatever his name is. <laughs> I'm going with Edwards just because I can pronounce it. Okay, <laughs> I'll take game bread. <laughs> and we're going to be right back. Don't go nowhere. Got some bills to pay. We'll be right back. What's going on, people? Welcome right back. Oh, man, we, we already set it off, man. Ready, ready, heated discussions and... uh. Let's continue to take it on, fellas. We're going into the NFL, man. Now, with the free agent frenzy, I'm not going to be able to bring up every individual or all the signings that took place. So I decided to take on about seven or eight of them. And we really got to break it down for the viewers, y'all. We're going to start off with Le'Veon Bell, who signed a four-year, $52.5 million deal with the New York Jets with $13 million guaranteed. Now, what I'm going to ask y'all, and he can make total $61 million with incentives. So what I'm going to ask Shaw is, is it a good fit for Le'Veon and the New York Jets? I'm going to start with you, Noah. Well, it's, it's, it's a good, you know, before I start off on this uh, topic, I want to give you uh, props. I think you did call the Jets as uh, where Le'Veon was going to go when we talked about it a couple weeks ago. No, I bring it up, but, but you, it wasn't you mentioned, solid. You mentioned one of the, you yes, mentioned the yes, but it wasn't I mentioned, solid. I mentioned the Raiders and I mentioned the... Uh, but uh, no, but you was almost Chiefs. right on the Raiders because he kind of signed right. with the Raiders and then jumped yeah, off. Yeah, but I think you did mention the Jets. So okay. I'll, give, I'll give you, you know, a You're half. You're a good guy, man. You're a good guy, man. I remember you said it because I... I also said I coach, was, though, too. I also right, said right, coach. right, right. But, I mean, it's a good sign with, with Darnold. It's going to be a good um, uh, one-two punch, hopefully. But it's going to take a while for them to, to gel. gel. Yeah, and remember, you're playing in the AFC East, which is... The Patriots division. Let's just, let's just. Yeah, I can't wait for right Tony. <laughs> so it's hard to really, really say they're gonna really do something. But I'm glad the AFC East is finally making moves. The Bills are doing. You know, they got Kobe's. They got uh, Brent. They got a couple guys that they, you know, they're trying to compete. The Dolphins. I don't know what they're doing. I don't even know who their quarterback is right now. They got rid of Tannehill. I don't know where they're going. But I think they're gonna. They're trying they're to get Murray. Right. But let's let's stick on to the Le'Veon. But, right, right, right. Talking about Le'Veon. But yeah, Le'Veon Bell. If he, if he fits in that that uh, system, <coughs> you know, it'll work because. Darnold got he's got a gun. So remember, you got a, you got a guy like Bell that's gonna take the uh, 
you know, pressure off Darnold a little bit from throwing the ball down the field. It's going to be interesting because this is a whole different team than the Pittsburgh Steelers, a whole different uh, way, right, way right. of offense. So, I mean, I like, I like the fact that they made that move to try to get him, and I'm glad this whole Steelers situation is already done because I'm tired of talking about it. Yeah, I'm tired of talking about that shit, Brown. too. So, I let like me ask you something. Let me quote this real quick. I had a few New Yorkers tell me, yo, Al, but they, they said they need receivers. They got yeah, a couple right. receivers. They, you know, they, they got, uh, what's the kid's name, Anderson. They picked up Jameson Crowder. Mm-hmm. I don't remember who they tied in is, and, and if it is, it ain't a big name. It isn't. No. And who's that? Uh, e- e- Inoua, the other right. receiver they got. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, but my boy was like, "Ow, it doesn't mean it doesn't mean nothing if they got a few weapons if they ain't got no line." So I'm thinking th- during the draft, they got to do two things. I mean, they got to do more than two things. They got a lot of holes lot to fill. But you got to fix that offensive line. Show up the line. And you got to get a tight end for um for Donald. Yeah. That's for starters. Right. And then defensively, I don't know, that's a whole other thing. But defensively, they wasn't that bad last year, but they wasn't that good either. Tony? Um, I think it was a cocky sign-in. First of all, I'm more of a believer that you have rust more than rest. Like, these guys think they can just quit a year, then come back and all that. Like, it's the NFL, Jack. Like, these dudes is highly trained, highly tuned. You can't just – you can't replicate contact. So, it don't matter if you're a personal trainer, you're fruit, every day you're on your shit. You cannot replicate contact. So, to just think, oh, I'm going to sit out a year and then just come back and ball, that's cocky. So, I think the Jets could have spent some money elsewhere. And then, at the end of the day, even if it does work out – you're in Tom Brady's division. You guys are playing for second place and until he retires, period. Right. Now, you guys, would you guys admit that Le'Veon is great for Donald? I, I can't say that now. Like, if he would have just came in after the Pittsburghs or the Le'Veon Bell, regular Le'Veon Bell, yeah. Do I think a dude who took a year off of football is going to come back and be good? I, I, I actually don't think he will be that good. Okay. I think he'll be. I mean, the Jets have no way to give him that much money. I mean, it's not like he's coming off an injury. Right. He took a year off. So he's basically healthy. preserved. That's what I'm hoping. That and football, that's right. huge. Yeah. But I know what you. I love what you said yeah. about the contact. And the it's rest. not like he's yeah. taking a, a Colin Kaepernick type break and he's coming back in four, right. four years where he was already on the downswing of his career. You already see he was already starting to. Yeah, he don't have to decline. rebuild the muscle no, on the no, leg, no. none of that. He's, he's just coming decline. in. Play. He's still, you know, on an upswing of his career. Going up to the um, his prime, so I give him the benefit of the doubt, and you know I'm sure he's been working out. He hasn't just been, you know, no, definitely he's working so, out hard. So I'm, I hope, and you know, the Jets aren't going to spend that much money for you know somebody to come out there and not perform. So I think it's a good sign, and they had to do something anyway with that running back, and he could be the next Curtis Martin on that team. We'll see. That's nice. Well, I think he's a great pickup for the Jets because I think the fact that he gives Donald on a, a running game, he could come out the backfield catch passes. And the least thing that people give him credit for, he's great in picking up these offside blitzes, weak side blitzes and all that. And he's a big boy. He was. He's we haven't was. seen him in a while. So, I mean, okay, he I'm was. Going, the I'm last going time we've seen him, he was great at all those things. Last year, he actually had the same amount of yards and touchdowns as me. Okay, okay. I'm just but I like the fact that he can go, you know, give, you know, Donald that little extra two seconds, whatever second to get the rock off. So I think he's going to bring an impact as long as he's positive. He's got to take this money and go there happy and play happy with this organization. Because if he start doing that stuff he was doing in Pittsburgh, they're going down quick. Which he will once he realizes that no matter what they do, Tom Brady's got the division on lock. Wow. Okay. Next big pickup. Cleveland Browns, man. These guys, man, I'm really loving what they're doing. 
But they like, I'm going to use the terminology paper champions because, you know, until you prove it on the field. But they picked up of my boy Odell Beckham Jr. For a first round and a third round pick and Jabril Peppers, who I really didn't get to see much of him to know if he's going to be good for them. So what the Giants got to do, because a lot of people saying that this is horrible for the Giants. You giving up an all-star, a guy that can make plays. I had one dude make a joke. He only made that one, one, one-handed catch. That's the only play he remember. But we all know Odell's better than that. But what I'm trying to say is Giants make right on this first-round and third-round pick. And Jabril could be anything he was in Michigan. This ain't a bad trade for the Giants, man. It's not a bad trade. I know off the, off the rip it, it feels like because it's like, how are you giving up one of your own real all-stars? I mean, you see what we did with him. I mean, like, we had Odell, the whole, whatever, and you see where the Giants finished. I mean, they, they're going a new direction. It's Saquon Barkley's team now. Right. So to get these draft picks, put them with Saquon, Eli go out on his last year, and get, you know what I mean? Like, that was a good, that was some real GM football move shit right there, and I like it. Right, right. I want you to take on this trade, bro. Now, remember, the Brown got traded to the Raiders for a third and a fifth. The Giants got a first, a third, and a second. I mean, you got to say that's a win for the Giants organization, business-wise move. Now, of course, their fans are going to be hurt, and they've just, you know, all that money they had, they had thrown his way. Like, last year, he just signed an extension. So, they're losing that aspect, and I've been saying they had to go draft a quarterback already. Eli, Eli, not a Hall of Famer. He's, 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 uh, he's definitely hasn't shown nothing in the last <laughs> five, six years. So. You go so many yeah. ways with Eli. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They drafted a quarterback already to, right. have, to be ready to take over his spot. And it just wasn't working. He, if you can't make it work with Odell Beckham, I mean, I, but, but let's just go right to the Browns. Great signing. They they the clear cut favorites now head and shoulders in that division to win that to win it. It's theirs to lose. Steelers, I mean they lost a couple pieces. They could still be there, but Roethlisberger, how many years he got left? Tom right, right, probably right. his last year coaching, in my opinion. Ravens lost four defenders, four starters on defense. Yeah, Ravens don't know if they're coming they or going. I don't know what they're doing. Say, and the Bengals, uh, who knows what the Bengals? Are, I mean, they're just the bungles. I mean, again, so yeah, yeah. It's the Browns division for them to lose right now because I think they're the clear cut favorite. Is Barkley gonna have a? Uh, Sophomore slump or not. I mean, we'll see. But they got a bunch of weapons out there offensively. And like you said, it's still a paper champion. But when the season starts, I think, I mean, it's hard. I think that the win total's got to be nine, nine and a half. If I'm making the win total, right, right. I can see them go finish the nine and seven or even ten and six. Yeah, I'm going to support what you did. Let me get in real quick, real quick. I got to interject real quick. I like what you said because I think it's a good trade because right now the Browns, is it fair to say they're a better team than the Giants? Yeah, definitely fair. I mean, yeah, just from yeah, what we, yeah. I mean, uh, our aficionado, you know, the fact that, that. We can say that. So, Odell going to a team that has a direction with Baker, Bake Money and Company, compared to the Giants, that they don't even know who they quarterback they should, because you don't know if it's Eli or the number one pick. No, it's Eli. Well, I love the fact, <laughs> I love the fact that Odell went on a situation that they're going up. Yeah. And now the Giants get two picks. Right. And the Jabril Peppers, where now they can start the rebuilding process. It's a win-win. So that's why I think it's a win-win. Doubly. And it's not even a full rebuilding for the Giants because, like I said, they're keeping Eli. They got Saquon. They're going in a new direction for the future, but they're still going to be able to compete. Um, I hate to disagree with you with the Eli part. I think they're going to let him ride half a season. Now, if he smokes it, 
He gonna ride the whole season. Which he will. But though, but if he lay down like what we be seeing, I think gonna bring that rookie in, man. Whoever rookie they pick up, right, man. Right. And I mean, they, they got you. Yeah, and Barkley, like you said, Barkley's young. Up the joint. But I don't think Eli's gonna yeah. sneak up. Remember, he's got he's got nice weapons. Eli they wasn't got a nice problem weapons. last year, dude. He couldn't have but, no time. He was getting sacked. Like two years ago, remember they benched Eli. That's how bad he was playing. And but where's the that fans, coach at right now? I know, but the fans. He made the right move though, because the fans. Eli, Eli's still starting. That dude working at Weaver Street. Decision. The fans that buy the tickets were mad about that, so they were, they brought him back. But he did the right move because Eli's just been on a decline. I'm I'm looking forward to see Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham playing on the same field. Up back like it's LSU again. It's gonna be it's gonna be fun to watch. Crazy it's be fun to watch in the dog pound. It's Take gonna be crazy. All right, let's move on, fellas. I I can keep talking about that subject. I love that subject. Okay, let me Y'all get something. New York, I hate Eli. That's hilarious. I hate him. I just know I'm. I don't hate Eli. I just feel he's on decline. That's all, you know. But he said he's not a Hall of Famer either. Yeah, but we are gonna get back into that. I open up a new can of worms. All right. Okay, the Eagles did something good. They went and got Deshaun Jackson back, aka D. Jax, long threat for Carlson Wentz, which they needed because they've been lacking that long threat, and he hasn't played good since he's been in Philadelphia. So I'm gonna start with you, Tony Brown. You think uh, the Eagles did well with this pickup, or you think they they didn't get better? I mean, to be honest with you, it seems kind of silly. Like, they traded them away for a reason, and then not like they wanted them back. Tampa Bay just didn't want them. They gave them back. Like, D-Jack is – you talking about a player on a decline. D-Jack, like, he's not the D-Jack that's going to break a 100-yard gain, 80 down the field. He's still a deep threat, but not as much as he was. It's an okay trade. It wasn't bad. They didn't lose a lot of money. He got some cap space, but – so you think that, D-Jack's regressing? Yeah, for sure. That, that's why you got rid of him originally. And then, like, Tampa Bay gave him back. It wasn't like, oh, people was on the market for him. Tampa Bay was like, we don't want him. Well, I'm going to correct you. They didn't get rid of him because of that. They got rid of him because they thought he was in gang activity. That's what I heard, too. That's what it was. No, but I know what you're saying. But I believe you now that he regressed at, at this moment, yes. But no, I'm just but saying, not when they got that rid statement of him. that you just said, they got yeah. rid of him because they thought he was in gang activity. So yeah. you think he went to Tampa Bay and stopped? That's that's something they gotta deal with. Right, I'm saying I just think that was the yeah, excuse they that they deal. gave yeah, to get yeah, rid of them. Yeah. Because if obviously if you got rid of someone because you thought they were in a gang, but you remember, don't pick them back up after. Remember they had a like different coach played. that time. Yeah, I know I'm saying that's just the excuse they gave. Yeah, they had Chip Kelly, remember? There's no way you bring them back in like, oh yeah, he went to Tampa and stopped gangbanging, he's good now. No, but Chip Kelly was assuming that. Right. Well, not Peterson. Well he is in a gang. So <laughs> it's not even an assumption. He's a gang member, but you know, now he's back in Philly. He's still well. He signed a three-year, twenty-seven million dollar contract, thirteen million. I think that's not a big contract. That average is about nine million a year. I think it's perfect. Yeah. Yo, you'll take real fast, and then we move it on. I like. That. I mean, they never should have got rid of him. That was Chip Kelly getting rid of McCoy and him. And I mean, might as well go full circle and just finish his last few years here. He's not the same guy he was when they had him. Right, right. But you know, he had his best years there. So it'll be interesting to see him back there with Carson Wentz. Different guy throwing the ball now, right. so it'll be, you know I, I I'm looking forward to watching it. I'm, Me too. I, I Me like too. The deal. It wasn't too much money either. Me too. That's say Philadelphia. Uh, Nick Foles. We all know that he went to Jacksonville, but it wasn't for sure. Now it's for sure. He signed a four-year, eighty-eight million dollar contract, fifty M's guaranteed. That means they really want this dude. And I'm I want, I'm down here what you got to say, but I'm gonna start with Tony Brown first. I mean, you know, we can't get caught up too much in the money. Everybody's getting paid now. These guaranteed contracts, it's just a different time, different era. Everybody's getting paid, but he is their quarterback. That means that they believe in him, and I think they should. Nick Foles led these dudes, you know what I mean? Like, every time Carson Wentz gets hurt, Nick Foles step up and be the guy. No so, doubt. 
I mean, I've now... Let me, let me add on that uh, Blake Bortles got released officially. Began. Yeah, Blake Bortles, I mean, <laughs> I would have signed Tim Tebow before I signed fucking Blake Bortles. That was ridiculous anyway. So he, he had his 15 minutes of fame and it's up, and I think Tricky Nicky is going to be good out there. I think it's a perfect fit. Yeah, no. It's a good fit because they already had a good team. And they were just in the AFC Championship game, what, a year and a half, two years ago? Yep. So you're just throwing in a better quarterback, per se. You know, it's just another name that's been there. Got a Super Bowl reign, had a couple playoff runs. I don't think he's that good of a quarterback, but he's he'll fit in that system. We'll just put it that way. Right. The Eagles did the right thing by keeping. Okay, hold up. I'm, this is the second time you said that. Tell the viewers what you mean by he's not that good of a quarterback. I mean, he's not. I want to hear why have, you he think doesn't that. have the skills. That he doesn't have the Carson Wentz type, the arm, the you know, the velocity on the ball. When you see him throw, he don't have velocity on his on his throws. It's more of a duck, a duck throw. I mean, I see the change moving though. Right, it does. Yeah, exactly. Because he had that little, he had a little magic in him. You know, he had a little Tim Tebow, like you just said. There was some fluke plays so that magic. he was getting by. It wasn't just so magic. So he got magic. third and twelve in a big right. game. He makes right. those completions it's not, and it's magic, it's not right? All Tim magic, Tebow, but, my guy. I like Tebow. How did, how did Tebow <laughs> make some of them plays? It was kind of magic, right? Because he ain't even in the league no more. At least Foles is still in the league, making. Make, he's gonna be. Call help Tebow one year and then he let him go. Yeah. That's what that was. He made won a playoff game though against Pittsburgh. Yeah. Well, okay, let's move on. Uh, this is my boy right here. You know what? Before we move on, we got some bills to pay. Don't go nowhere. We'll be right back. All right, all right, all right. Welcome right back, y'all. Wow, man. The round table today is smoking, man. We're going to stay in the free agency. Uh, like I said, I'm not going to bring up everybody. If I miss one of your favorite pickups, I apologize. I just snatched up the ones that I thought were more relevant than the others. Now, we're going to start this one here. We're going to go back to Tony Brown. I love this pickup. Baltimore Ravens did a lot of horrible moves, in the best way to put it. But they picked up my boy Earl Thomas, who finally got his money. I'm so happy for Earl. You know, I've always been an Earl Thomas fan. And uh, he actually broke his leg during a contract year, where he, which he could have sat out but didn't. And I thought that was it for him. But he just picked up some real good money. Four years, $55 million, $32 million guarantee. Salute to Earl Thomas. Yo, take T. Brown. Love it. I think that was one of the best uh, free agent signings of the whole situation. Oh, wow. Um, First of all, he's got a ring, so he's going to bring that championship mentality which Baltimore was lacking since Ray Lewis and them left. You know what I mean? So that's that, <coughs> especially with the uh, second-year starter quarterback that they have. You know what I mean? That championship mentality is everything. And then not to mention Jackson, that, Lamar Jackson. Yeah, Jackson. Then he's a good player. Like, he's a guy that I think could have played in any generation. He could have played with the old school guys. He can play now. You know what I mean? So it's a big pickup for them. And that's actually my favorite to win the division. I think the Browns got a lot better. But it's a uh, if you go on social media, it's a meme that says if you didn't like us when we lost by thirty, don't try to like us when we lose by thirteen. Right. I just think they're better, but I don't think they're that good yet. I right. think Lamar Jackson took a lot of steps. He almost won that damn playoff game. You know what I mean? He started off too slow. Right. But with a new whole season behind them, they picked up Earl Thomas. Baltimore is going to win. Okay, that let game. me ask something. Earl Thomas uh, broke his ACL twice, MCL once. He played last year with the Texans. Uh, I really didn't see, uh, no, no, I'm lying. I'm lying. I'm going to take that back. I'm talking about LeMatthew. Um, Earl Thomas did mess himself up. Now, do you think, uh, he's going to be hundred percent back? 
Yeah, I think he will be. Uh, like you said, this is the future. The injuries that used to affect the guys back in the day now is better training, better doctors, they're bigger athletes. I think he comes back strong. And then losing Suggs, I mean, he fills that void right there. You know what I mean? They play a different position, but I just mean right. Suggs was No, he's the captain leader. of the defense. Yeah, yeah exactly. captain so, of the defense. So he fills that void, and like that, I think this was one of the sneaky – Sneaky good free agents. They like. lost a lot of good people, though, man. Oh, they did. Definitely. They no lost Mosley. They no lost Suggs. I mean, they lost a lot of good no people. Doubt. No. Yeah, that was my point I was making earlier. I just, <clears throat> they did lose a lot. And on, on defense, it's hard to, like, just short them up to get back to where he was at. And Harbaugh did a great job. With what he had. These new right, guys, right? What he had, right. They went. Right. All right. Mixed it all up. So, I mean, I, I do love the deal. I, I'm glad he's he's back. He made a lot of money because the way he came, he ended his looked like he was going to end up his career like flipping off his own teammates, and he was mad that he still you know the way he got hurt. He should have did what Le'Veon did. He was in you know after the fact he's thinking that, but you know it's football. You know every play could be your last play. Right. But I'm glad that he's getting paid and he's going to make a difference in that locker room, especially. Great signing. I love Earl Thomas. That's my boy. I, I don't know about saying they win the division because, you know, they're going to watch the tapes now. Lamar Jackson, you're going to know how to stop him a little bit more. Right. He, I mean, he did a great job of what he, with the situation he was brought into, but it'll be tough in that division. And I don't know. It's just that division looks like it's the Browns to lose now because that's six wins that they could have <laughs> if they can control, if they can take care of the Steelers. If they can Listen, they're the favorites, man. They're fa- yeah. Plain cut. So, I know T. Brown don't agree with us on that. They're the favorites to me. They got they pay for champions, but like I said, they got to yeah, ball yeah. it out. And I, and I love me some big money. I think big money is going to prove a lot of people wrong, bro. And uh, where's Cam Chancellor when you need him? <laughs> I mean, Earl Thomas just got his money. Right. Cam really left because they was underpaying him. I mean, how long he's been out of football, though, realistically? About two years? Yeah, a couple years. I would love to see him. But I'm going to be what you said. No, 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 no. I know. I'm going to beat you what you said. No contact. It's yeah, going to be hard, but I feel bad for Cam. Hell, man. Yeah, they offer Cam nine mils, and right now, you know, Earl just got paid, man. He remind me of Latrell Spiro, man. Like, you can't feed your kids with nine million, bro. Like, I mean, I know it's like your net worth, your market value or whatever, but this is football. You're getting $10 million to play the game you love. Come play. Earn your money. Show out on the field. Be a pro oh, bowler. they paying cats 15 bro. and they less, you right. know, qualified. But you're not that cat, obviously, because when it comes down to paying you that much, they'd rather leave you out the But your ego get in it. When you think you're right. better than him, it's like, man, I'll have exactly. to make You know how that is, Check though. Check your ego out the door, and if you don't, yeah. you'll be working at Albertson. Not a lot of guys come back. <laughs> <laughs> he said, Alvin, all right, let's go to the guy I was talking about, about the two ACLs. Uh, Chief signed Teron Matthew, a.k.a. the Honey Badger. This is my boy right here. Uh, he, he came off two ACLs, one MCL, got a big contract, three years, 42 M's. He's a 2013 third-round pick for the Arizona Cardinals. I always liked him coming out of LSU. Honey Badger was always my dude. But he looked like a shell of himself with the Houston Texans. Horrible sign. Now, I'm going to start I'm gonna start with Noah Parker on this one. What do you think about this pickup by the Chiefs? Not to mention, this pickup cost Eric Berry his job. Not that Berry was playing because he was so injury prone. Yeah. And it's sad because Berry's a hell of a yeah, player. But your take. Uh, I mean, what he did it when he was at Arizona, you saw what he could do. I mean, Tyron Matthew, when he was with the Cardinals, he was hey, he balling out. I mean, what he did last year, I, you never even heard of him. I mean, he didn't, he didn't do much. But you got to remember, so, Peterson was his teammate in LSU. Mm-hmm. So when he went to Arizona, they had continuity right. yeah, over there. Yeah, that's right, that's right. And when so, he went to the Texans, it was like he ain't know nobody yeah, over there. Yeah. 
and didn't really didn't really show me much last year. Didn't almost forgot he was on the field a yep. lot of time. So hopefully going to you know Kansas City where they have that different kind of defense, he'll show out a little bit more. But you know how many more years at that position can he be at the top of his game? So has he already started declining last year? It could, that could happen. But let me ask you lost a couple guys too, Chiefs, so they had to fill in some holes. You got one of the worst pass defenses last year. Oh yeah. You lose your best pass rush in D4, which I'm going to get into mm-hmm. in a minute. Come on, man. Then you let Barry go. What the hell? What the organization's doing? I mean, I understand Barry's been hurt, but let him start. He's hurt. Sick, right? Don't he have cancer or something? No, no. He overcame that. Oh, okay. Now it's injuries. Good point there, though. Don't you need as much of those guys back there as possible, especially losing one of the best pass rushes in the game? Because D4, to me, is like a, a little version of Khalil Mack. Not saying he's Khalil. No, he's not no Khalil. But he's a small version of him. Come on, bro. And then you get what the Chiefs are doing. I mean, your defense, which you're supposed to build upon, because you got one of the best offenses in the game. So, Tony, I go to you. I think it was a horrible pickup, man. Like, it's this going to be the third time I mentioned this today about staying in your lane. You got Hall of Famers, All-Stars, starters, bench, regular people. Dude is on the decline. He was great at LSU. He was awesome at Arizona. And ever since then, he's just been getting worse and worse and worse. I mean, you can't get caught up in the money. That's just how much these guys cost these days. But it's like, I don't even think they should have went that route with him. Yo, but when you can't, you don't think he's better than having a a non-signing at all or or, a rookie? For that much money, man, put shore up uh, some other spots on your defense and shore up your line, do something else. I just think you can grab somebody cheaper and develop them than what you're going (coughs) to get out of Tyron Matthews. Like, he's he's, he's average at best. Right, right. But you know what? But what they got is below average. So, right. so it's an I say right. it's not the greatest signing, but I just say, I don't know, it's kind of suspect. You got any add-ons? No, no, no. That's, that's about right, what you just said. At least it's a name that people recognize. Maybe he can bring some kind of leadership to the team. Right, right. And a rookie or somebody that you just bring that, that won't, you know. Because that defense last year was one of the worst defenses. They were just trying to outscore everybody. That was their... He will be the voice of that defense. Y'all know that. That's not to say he's going to be making the most plays. You know what I'm just saying? Like, he's going to be the leader of the defense? You know what? If he can be the old Tyron, I mean. You got to get his gold hair back. Yeah, it's going to be hard, though, with the two ACLs. <laughs> All right, guys, we're going to go to break. Don't go nowhere. We got a lot more topics coming up, and we got to bring you Odell Beckham Jr.'s nephew in the house. I'm going to bring him up. I'm going to interview him. Don't go nowhere. We'll be right back. going on people we coming right back we're gonna go to the ncaa we cover the uh nfl free agent frenzy uh table y'all did a good job with that man i gotta remind y'all that was great man i loved it man we're going to the ncaa i'm gonna bring up the top 10 teams they're not in order nobody knows what order they are because they're gonna fix it tonight later on tonight but as of right now i'm gonna mention 10 teams i'm gonna mention duke blue devils gonzaga virginia houston Tennessee, Kentucky, North Carolina, Michigan State, Michigan, Texas Tech. I'm going to start with T. Brown on what's your number one team and why. 
I'm gonna go with Duke and basically just not to overthink it or nothing, just because they have three NBA players on the team. Um, if it wasn't for that <laughs> one and done rule, Zion Williamson wouldn't be there, Barrett or uh, Cam Reddish. They'd all would already went to the NBA. So with three NBA players on the floor at one time, with the number one, two, and three top five picks for sure, I'm just going with Duke straight up. Yeah, no. Uh, Give me some more than that. I need some more than that. Uh, I mean, it's easy to take the favorite, but uh, I mean, they're, they're, <laughs> I don't even know if they're the favorite. Oh, they're the favorite. They'll they're, be favorite today. They're the one to win it all. They'll right? be favorite today. The closest team to that, I think, was um, Gonzaga's four to one or five to one. I'm going with a team that didn't even get the first round last year. Um, looked horrible last year. Even looked horrible in some spots this year and lost to Duke twice, but they got a, you know they got a good coach and everything. I'm gonna go with uh, Cavaliers, Virginia. Yeah, I oh think wow! If they can just control the tempo of every game they play and just not <coughs> have shooting slumps, I mean they can win any game. That defense is that good, and uh, defense wins championships, as they say. So they didn't have the best game plan against Duke the first times. So you gotta obviously check the tape. Gotta be able to stop the shooters and uh and no one's stopping Zion Williamson, but just contain them. They can win that game if they do face him in the tournament. But that's what I'm going with. They'll probably be – I think they'll be a number one seed. Got the talent, got the coaching. I think they got a little more experience this year. But that's what I'm going with to be the – to win the whole thing. Right, right. Um, to basically go on what Tony said, only thing I don't like about Duke, you know, shooting 30% from the three-point line, that doesn't cut it for me. But beside that, they stacked in every aspect of a great team. From Shashevsky, you know, et cetera. Uh, Tony Bennett and the Cavaliers. Uh, I think they're a great defense. The more they know a team, and in the tournament is way different. You're gonna run into teams you got very little information about, and I think that's where Virginia's gonna hurt themselves at severely. That's just my opinion. I just think they're gonna lose to Duke. I mean, Virginia's the best team I've seen in college ba- basketball all year. And yeah, but it's hard to beat two, a team three they times. They got two losses, and they were both. To Duke. I know it's hard to lose to a team. No, it three is. Times, but I'm so. just saying, I think Virginia, they if they make it, they run up against Duke, and that that's what put them out. I don't think nobody's gonna trip them up. You think so? I'll be honest with you. I think if they play Duke again, I I think I think Cavaliers will get them this time. That's just my because it's just so hard to beat a it's good team. It's hard to beat a team times. once. Beating a team that's three what I'm times saying. is three really times, hard, yeah. but then yeah. it's Duke. So exactly. Now my pick, my pick is gonna be you know my pick switched up so much. It's like I'm like a what's the name a, a gigolo when they come to picking these kind of picks, man. Uh, I'm gonna go with the team you kind of liked it earlier in the year. I'm gonna take the Zags, man. I like the experience, and I love that they lost the other night. I love that. Yeah, wake some up. Because that's a wake-up call that they needed. They were too comfortable. And what happens when you get too comfortable? You get your jaw, you get your jaw checked. You see what I'm saying? I like the veterans on the team. Uh, Noah Parker basically gave me some information. I started looking into these guys, and I really like the whole thing, man. They just fell asleep that other game. I seen it. They had no reason being in that game. Make, not to make no excuses, but you know in the tournament, they ain't going to be that flat. You already know that. So I'm going to run with the Zags. So y'all guys that are making your future bets, put in the Zags. If you like, you know, what Tony Brown said, Duke. Noah Parker like Virginia Cavaliers. And that's what we're going to run with that. Now we're going to jump to out of the box. Out of the box. Uh, you next, right? Yeah, sure. Okay. The Buffalo Bills, I want you to hear me clearly. They made it to four straight Super Bowls. Only team ever to do that. 
Lost all four of them. Every one. I don't even think that can happen if it if the same thing happened again. Every single one of them. So as much as it's a great thing, it's also like a sad thing. Now my question to you, if you was an NFL player, you made it just one time in your career to the playoffs and you even won a Super Bowl. Okay. You prefer taking that route or being the Buffalo Bills who basically made the playoffs every year and went to four straight Super Bowls but never won a Super Bowl with that team? I mean, that's simple. This is America, and uh, to quote Harm Edwards, you play to win the game. Like, straight up. I'd rather have one championship than four championship why? appearances. Tell them why. You play to win the game. Like, you play to win the game. You, know, you go from Pop Warner to college. The goal is to win the Lombardi Trophy. So you'd rather be a one-time winner than a four-time loser. You know, it better be a, a has-been than it never was. I like that. No. So you're saying that you think Trent Dilfer <coughs> is more happy than, than Jim Kelly? I do. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I mean, career-wise, Jim Kelly had a way better career. For I sure. Think. No doubt. I mean, you're just in the right place at the right time. Sometimes that happens, though. you just that player that just made on that one championship run, then for, for the rest of your career, you damn Marino. I mean, at the end of the day, though, Trent Dilfer's going to grab his grandkids and be like, oh, this is the year and... we won the Super Bowl. And of Jim Kelly's going to grab his grandkids and be like, we made it a bunch of times and didn't do shit. Right, but they had I mean, the team aspect. I mean, we had, you know, we controlled the AFC that whole season four years in a row. I mean, it's, I don't know, because I am a Bills fan, so it hurts okay. as a fan. Right. It hurts even more because we just never got there. We tasted it, but we couldn't grasp it. But yeah, but you gotta you gotta appreciate of the course, fact oh, that they kept that we were able they to came out the American and, oh, yeah. Conference four years in a row four years That's in a row so right. they champions of the American Conference so, but like you said he played it with right. the game yeah as a player though you yeah. looking at, at at that time you not knowing you about to lose four straight you but you getting there every year so you like man we right there we right there we you gotta there. be feeling yourself some yeah, type yeah. of way like we always gonna get there I mean if I'm they just can't close if I'm on that four year team I don't got ain't nothing to be you know hey I mean. No shame. So I'd rather shame. win one than Of course, I'd rather win one, but yeah. at least I made it four but times. And, ain't uh, life better to know you're in the playoffs every year almost nah. than you don't make the playoffs ever just that one year you made that run? And this is right. why we have this debate about Eli. Like, why you guys don't think a two-time champion is a Hall of Famer? Nobody in this era besides Tom Brady has more than two, and you guys just discredit that. Who cares about making the playoffs every year and flashy stats? You play to win the no, game. No, my... My thing with Eli is he beat the GOAT twice, but that's the only thing I got for him to make it. Okay, but besides that... I got to fight myself. It's that enough. But you know what? That's, we're going to get to that. Let's stick to this right here. Yeah, I just bet I'm a winner. I like, I, I like winning. winning. No, I no, we're going to yeah. we're gonna go back to that. We're going to go back to that. That's just like saying I got you know I got married to a seven, but I, got, I had a nine four times. I got four bad ones. But I never got that, you know, wiped it off. You know, that's kind of like the same thing. Right, right. I'd rather have the four. You know, I, I did my thing four years in a row. <laughs> got, or just one fluke run, you know, one good run. And right, for right. For me, I'll take the four consistent. You know, we showed we was winners. We just couldn't finish it. Right, right. And well, would you rather have four Cadillacs or one Bentley? <clears throat> four Cadillacs. Yeah, okay, well, that's what I said. It's, yeah. it's a different type of guys, different type of mindset. Yeah, I got, I'll be a little different. I'll give another one. I, can try this. <laughs> I play to win the game. Billy's don't yeah. break down. I'm going to have to agree with Tony Brown. I love, I love, I mean, I love the playoffs. I love knowing that my team could win every year. But I'm big on jury, man. You don't get no jury by making it four times and losing. 
That's true. You understand what I'm saying? Facts. And people know I love my jewelry, man. That's facts. So I gotta rock with the black shark on this one. Straight I up. got you, man. That's facts. You know, usually we we on the right. other we side. We crash, but I mean, really, yeah, really. we usually on the other side. I but I, I gotta run with you on that. And with that, we're gonna take a quick break. We got more bills to pay. Don't go nowhere. I got Odell Beckham Jr.'s nephew coming in. Y'all missed this. Y'all might as well not even watch the whole show. We be right back. All right, all right, all right, all right. We coming right back to the Al York Sports Show. Hope you guys enjoy the show. And we're going to end it up with a nice interview. We got my boy here, Johnny, a.k.a. Full Throttle. What up, what up, A.k.a. O.D. Uh, Odell Beckham Jr., nephew. <laughs> Let me give you a handshake, man. Yeah, you know I, I got to throw that. Man. One thing you're going to learn about me, I like to joke around sometimes, <laughs> man. Yeah, he and Mikey Garcia's camp. Uh, he messes with Mikey. He actually has everyday, you know, conversations with him. And he's going to enlighten us a little bit. But before we get going, Johnny, explain to the people's. Tell them about yourself a little bit. All right, yeah, I call myself, I'm like Mr. Behind the Scenes in sports period, not just boxing. It could be basketball, um, EYBL, um, deal with a lot of stuff with the Jordan brand. So Full Throttle kind of explains yeah, it all, so, right? Yeah, it's, it's Behind the Scenes consultant brand ambassador. But um, how I grew into it, like, especially the boxing, and I was just grew up into boxing. I was always in and out of boxing gyms. My grandfather was actually a great boxer that got killed early named Tyrone Everett. Tyrone Everett? He got killed back in the 70s. Okay. So. He actually was a professional fighter? Yeah, professional fighter. Oh, all right, all right. 24 and 1 at 24 years old and got robbed. And got robbed, one of the biggest robbers in history. He should have been 25 and no, like, yeah, like Errol Spence Jr., right? Yep. <coughs> he got robbed in his hometown. Wow. I mean, Escalera. And um, back in the 70s, it was. Two judges and the re and the referee was a judge. Right, the referee from Philadelphia, Robin. Oh man! If you go, you can watch the fight on YouTube. You oh, you just actually it. see it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll definitely go won. check it out. You literally won fifteen to one. I wow. mean, fourteen to one. Yeah, fifteen round bouts. Nothing is fifteen round bouts. Okay, so uh, how old are you, bro? I just turned thirty. Yep. Oh, thirty. I look like I'm twenty-one forever. Yeah, you do look kind of young. You do, you do, you, know, man, you look kind of young, man. Yeah, hopefully I look like I'm 21 for everybody. I'm 30. I'm still youthful. I'm still Okay, youth. okay. So how many people tell you you look like Odell Beckham Jr., man? <laughs> I get it oh, all the time. Oh, it's just me. I, had to, I get it all the time. That's why I switched my hair into blue. Yeah, I was, I was realizing that. I was like, at the region part that you tired, did that. Yeah, I got tired of blonde, so I was like, <laughs> I got to do something different. Then other people started taking the blonde, so I was like, let me try to... Um, right, switch it up. And then the girl who does it, the shout out to um, Nalia from L.A., she actually gave, I remember I came up with the idea, I want this blue. Right. She gave it to Eric Bellinger because I'm out in Philly. Okay. And I was like, oh, you gave him my blue, but I still need that blue. It's cool. Right, right. Love you, Nalia. <laughs> so you originally from Philly? Yep. Born That's what raised, it is, man. Born and raised Philly. Joe Frazier Town? Yep. <laughs> Real cool family. Real cool. Good Good dialogue. Um, okay. RIP. He should have had a statue before he passed away. Right, right, right. Okay, let's go right into the fight, bro. My main question is why Mikey took this fight, man? Um, it's, I got a funny. I got, I got, I got a, I got a funny story about that. Um, 
I like what was it, a year and a half ago we brought Mikey in to do you know a celebrity go kart race back in Philadelphia and you know we just had personal conversations and we he we was talking about like moving up to one forty seven right so mentioning at the time Danny Garcia had the WBC he was mentioning that'd be a good fight and then he was like Earl you know they gotta bring in the right money you know because he's kind of physically big so <coughs> like not even a year later. He's talking about Earl Spence. Then right. when I see him again, I was like, so you really talking about Earl Spence? Like, are you just saying it? He was like, no, I want to fight him. Wow. He was like, no, I want to fight him. It's not even though I want to fight him. I see something in him. And then it's like, when he explains When it, you say you, you see something in him, because I said something like that. I said, I mean, you know more than me because you're around him. Yeah. I said, I, I got a feeling he's seen something in footage where he thought he can beat Earl Spence Jr. That's kind of what you mean? Yeah. Okay, so did he tell you what he thought he's seen? or um, You were talking about, I, I also see it too. I see it too. Um, Earl showed more of his arsenal. He had more of a great game plan. But I seen what he was talking about where Earl is more like, and that's why I was like, I respect Earl in this corner. For this fight, Earl is more because if he did it, Mikey would have had way better shots of countering. Right, Earl is more of a looper, you know, going hooks to the body, hooks to the head, um, goes straight in, straight back. Um, that's what Mikey sees, and I seen it. But the only thing that I question with Mikey is just the size compared to Earl. Now that was a huge difference. Yeah, man. that was a huge difference. It was bigger than what I now, thought it was. Yeah, now if they was the same size, I was telling people like going into this fight, everybody asked me, I was like, it's gonna be a good fight because. Uh, Mikey got good ring IQ. Like he's better than most people think, and I've been. I know his IQ was sick. Yeah, I so, kind of knew that already. But I was like, only thing is, <coughs> only thing is just Earl size. That's the only question I had. But um, it's beyond size. His skill set is yeah, crazy, though. Yeah, his skill set, like his game plan. One thing with Earl with his game plan, he had a great game, great game plan. Which um, after the fight, me, me, Mikey, even spoke to Earl for a little bit about it. Is that um. He kept the jab and he went straight punches. Right. Earl don't usually do that. But uh, one thing I can say, Earl said he has great respect. He was like, even out all the welterweights, um, Mikey made him think the most. And right, right. Not only that, a lot of guys don't want to fight him. Yeah, he like, <coughs> even, like he had to pull more out of his arsenal where he had to um, kind of move in angles and, you know, he kept the jab out because he knew that if he would have came in coming straight in with wide hooks that Mikey was able to counter him. So he kept the jab, and Mikey had a hard time getting on the jab because of reach, so he kept the distance. That's why I was like, superb green playing on their side. Right, let me ask you something, right? Because it's easy for the viewers to say why Mikey wasn't letting go that right enough. Because everybody, you know, yeah. Facebook, I was watching, I was it's watching hard. Graham, explaining them. Yeah, that's why I say you know, most people said just sitting do. on the couch, but it's hard when somebody's a southpaw and they have and they have a lot of reach and they leaning back. Right. And if you throw the right, if you throw the right, and um, what you open up for like Earl has what like four inch <coughs> reach advantage. That right. means sometimes you will be off balance if you throw the right. Right, because you'll right be there. reaching. Yeah, you'll be reaching, so that will lead up to Earl opening up more on shots. Right. So that's why he you have to try to find a way to get under that jab, which Mikey had a hard time finding a way to get under that jab. Yeah, Earl Spence kind of uh, remind me of a guy named Winky Wright. Not that he fights like him, but the him. fact that 
He's got long elbows. Yeah. And when you got on long elbows and you're long and you're big, you're blocking even the body aspect. Yeah. And it almost felt like Mikey couldn't penetrate and do yeah. nothing. Yeah, once he once that he established that jab and that angle of the jab, it was hard for Mikey to figure it out. It was hard for him to get on the jab. But one thing um well I did realize people was like, Oh, Earl can Earl couldn't really get him out, and he was like, yo, Mikey's stronger than what people think he was, because right. when you speak to Mikey, he was like, yo, it wasn't it wasn't about his strength or size, none of that phased me, I was barely even hurt, right. but um, it was the fact that his game plan, I couldn't get over his jab, and it had me thinking, so it, it kind of lowered his work rate, because he had to think about getting past that jab, and Earl's athletic and big. Yeah, so. definitely is, man. And good. I like to throw yeah. the word good in there, too. Yeah. Now, it's um, interesting that welterweight division. There's one kid that got the style, and he's coming up. He's really and who up. that? A kid named Jerron Boos Enos. Oh, is that right? Let them hear it again. Jerron Boos Enos. So, so he, is he a professional yet, or he's up He's professional. Coming? He's, he's 23. Um, he actually was in the 2006 Olympic trials, got robbed on the, um, you can see that he got robbed for the uh, final spot to Gary Antoine Russell. Right. Uh, he really beat him. He actually beat him. They fought four times in the amateurs. He beat him three. But the kid is just as big as Earl. Fight Southpaw Orthodox and slick. Mm. Think about so think about a more athletic, better defensive but that's Jeronimus. Oh wow. So I'm gonna keep y'all keep your eyes open to him, man. And uh last but not least, what's what's in the future for Mikey Garcia, man? Uh future it when we talk about it, he was like, you gotta go back to the drawing board because, you know, he's like, Waterweight could still be there if it's the right fights, like Keith Thurman, Danny. He, he's, he's definitely gonna go back to his yeah. natural weight, though. It, right? it depends. It gotta be the right, it gotta be the right fight. Um, right. Think about it. Mikey, he's 31 years old, so he, he right now he's just looking for big fights and the right fights. Just because he lost to Earl like that, don't mean that um, he can't give the other Waterweights problems. No, that's most doubt. Because so, Earl's that good. Yeah, Earl he, might be the top the top one of them all. And my book, him yeah, and Bud. Yeah, right. Yeah, I right like now, Bud Crawford, yeah, too. Him and Bud right now, yeah, they're the champions. But, it, like, the Sean Porters. There's other money yeah, Porter out there. Too, yeah, yeah, Porter, too. Keith Thurman right there yeah. is a good style fight for him right now. So I would have liked him to see to fight Keith before he made this personally, fight. Personally, well, I personally told um, Pacquiao what I, I said. Pacquiao, I told Mikey he should have went after Pacquiao first. Me, that's me personally. Yeah. But he wanted Earl because he's the killer. And one thing I give Mikey respect because I don't think anybody ever, when people jump up divisions, is more calculated. Like, right. You got picked the right fight. He was just like, I want the killer. He could have fought like a Pacquiao or that's Andy why Garcia, I give him a lot of respect. But he went right after the killer. Yeah, he, but he like uh, Manny Pac, like how you mentioned Manny Pacquiao earlier. He fought older De La Hoya at 145. Right. So they kind of calculate moving up. Right. Even right. When he fights at 154, he fight. He, they catch weight, Margarito. So right. God give Mikey where his respect is. He went for the killer. He did, man. Much respect. Tell the people how to find you, how to look you up. And then we out, man. Um, you can find me on Instagram, Full Throttle UYR, Twitter, Full Throttle, Full Throttle UYR, and Facebook, Johnny Full Throttle Ortiz. Here we go. Thank you, y'all, for tuning in to another week of the Al York Sports Show, CWN Sports. My panel, Noah Parker, Tony Brown, and, of course, my head, Johnny, a.k.a. Full Throttle. Yes, sir. We'll be back next week, man. Thank you all, man.
Thank you for listening to the Al York Sports Show.